It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby, former intern Jaws. How are you, buddy? Doing all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. No Pappas this morning. Sounds like his dog peed in his bed. Sounds like he's got a little bit of an issue. He's yeah, my man, I have been there. Uh, sorry you have to deal with that. So our thoughts are with you, Pappas. All right, today's show, a ton of listener questions because it does not seem like Auburn fans care about the game on Saturday. <laughs> I, I don't really either. I mean, honestly. It's so weird. I put a poll out talking about the Memphis against the Mississippi State game yeah. and what people would rather watch. And like 70% of people said that they would rather watch the Memphis game. Right. Which I found interesting. Right. I would rather watch the Memphis game. I agree. What's the upside of the game Saturday for Auburn? They win? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, even if they win by like 35 points, which I don't think that's going to happen but if they do it's like okay that's encouraging but still the response from the naysayers is what it's well of course it's mississippi state they stink uh, I, I, that that's the upside right right and so it, it's gus Malzahn coaching for his job right that's the that's the big question that's the big question um all right so yeah ton of listener questions we'll uh we'll start with some of the text questions 205-502-4285 hey it's blake Michael said that if Nick Saban retired, then he wouldn't have anywhere to go or anything to do. But I think that you are forgetting that he owns a Mercedes-Benz dealership. He's already set himself up to retire whenever he wants to. I thought the dealership thing was a joke. Does he actually own one? I have no idea. I hadn't heard of it until I saw the, the outline last night. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I had heard that, but I thought it was a joke about like getting players' cars and stuff. Right. I didn't know he actually owned that. So, Well, I guess it's true then. Uh, Blake says it's true, so I'm in. I trust <laughs> you, Blake. If you want to send us more information, that'd be awesome. Rick from Alabama. Rick, that's very broad. We appreciate you texting in. Hey, guys, first and foremost, I really enjoy the show. One thing... One thing I was wanting to point out, though, I've heard Michael recently point to the lack of spring practice and limited practice time in general as one of the reasons for Chad's offenses in his first year maybe not being as good as it could be. While while that's likely true, I'd like to point out that Missouri, with a first-year head coach and a freshman quarterback, have far better numbers than Auburn. 281 yards per game versus 222 for Auburn and 140.8 passer rating versus 126 for Auburn. Even Arkansas, Arkansas in all caps, has better numbers than Auburn in these areas. Bottom line, I don't think Chad's offense has been all that great, and I really don't see it leading Auburn into championship contention next season either. Just one of the many reasons I think it's time for Auburn to move on from Gus. Anyway, love the show, WDE. So we had, I don't know, 
it seems like 50-ish texts or calls, voicemails about like firing Gus. I purposely took all of those out except for this one because I thought this one was interesting as far as comparing Auburn's offense and, and, and their success against uh, Missouri and Arkansas and things like that. So there, there's a few things here. One of them, like you, you can't argue with facts. You can't argue with stats. Right. But Missouri has been in a bunch of garbage time situations where you're able to pick up yardage in the fourth quarter. I, I, I think that is something worth noting here. Um, but all in all, it's still not good. It still doesn't look good, Rick, and I think this is a really good observation. I think just looking at Missouri stats compared to Auburn, Missouri tends to throw the ball a little bit more. So I think you, you, you'll learn to expect that they're probably going to average more yards through the air. But I agree with you. Miss, Missouri's obviously been in a lot more situations where they've had the opportunity to kind of, you know, catch the defenses sleeping whenever they're just not really trying because they've already won the game. Auburn, on the other hand, um, has lost to Ole Miss <laughs> and, um, and Arkansas. Technically, but they they they've never had to like, they've never gotten the chance to kind of. Oh, like as far as relax. the the controversial calls, right? Is that right. what you mean? I gotcha. Was, I was making a joke, but no, I gotcha. Auburn's never had the chance to relax in any of these games, um, unlike Missouri. And you know that that is an interesting point, though, because I don't understand how Missouri's doing it in the SEC East, but I guess that just means. Maybe Morris isn't that good of an offensive mind. I don't think that. I think the plays that M- Morris has drawn up this year have not been terrible. But, you know, it's it's definitely something to think about. I, find, I've, I definitely do find it interesting. But I would argue yeah. that Auburn's in a much different position. Yeah, when I watch Morris's stuff in a vacuum and it's just like, okay, individual plays, it's like, okay, I, I think these make sense. Right. But they haven't put it all together right. at this point of the season. I think we all can agree on that. They have been able to against bad teams which is kind of Malzahn's thing. Um, is that all in the offseason? I don't know. I don't know. Andrew from Coleman texts the show. First year listening to the show. Love the content and can't wait till basketball season is in full swing. I think we're about two weeks away from that, Andrew. We're pumped. <laughs> Prediction for Auburn football. Gus somehow manages to win 10-plus games next year, make an SEC-slash-national title run. Regains the trust of the fan base, only to follow up with another eight and four season in twenty twenty two. This wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, it, it definitely wouldn't shock me at all either. You know, just if we're looking at tendencies and we're looking at what Malzahn has done in his tenure at Auburn, Auburn's set up really good next year to win ten or eleven games and barely miss the playoff and maybe miss the SEC championship to just go right back into their eight and four, eight and five, nine and four season right. 2022. Yeah. The bar has been raised moving forward though. I think for expectations for Gus. Absolutely. So, um, also you got to think if he does something like that, he's not going to get a contract extension like he did in 2017. Yeah. So we'll see what that looks like. I think, uh, I think expectations have shifted And uh, you can say that's good or bad, depending on where you are in the Auburn fan base. Reese from Buford, Georgia, texts the show. Catching up on the show this week. Love the show. Thank you for all you guys do for the Auburn fan base. Auburn needs to prepare for the following scenario. Saban retires. Bama hires Dabo. Venables takes over at Clemson. I'm all for giving Gus his due and finishing this contract. But this scenario scares me because it sounds like the college football landscape won't be changing much after a Saban retirement. I think it's interesting how much Saban's retirement has come up this uh, this season. 
Because, like, I feel th- we are years away from that. Like, that dude is not slowing down at all. I feel like it, it is closer than further away. That's just, my, that's just my take on it. Five years? Five years is what I said. I think that just a few podcasts ago is I think it'll happen within the next five years just based on the fact I, that— I, I would take the over on that. All right, I will take the under. Sweet. I hope you're right. <laughs> and I think everyone listening hopes you're right. Um, all right, we'll, uh, we'll get to more listener questions in just a moment. Do you feel like you are always on? Everything is go, go, go all the time, especially this time of year with the holidays. It's, you know, you got your company Christmas party, then you got these social obligations, and then you got to watch football and basketball. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's crazy, but there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, helps slow things down, and that's Coors Light. They understand that watching sports is therapeutic to fans. It's uninterrupted me time, and it's an excuse for you to chill and drink beer. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered treat to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Jaws moving forward. We got a few more text questions and we will jump to the Discord. That's been a lot of fun. They beat you up yesterday, though. I think that's the first time that I've interacted, like really interacted with the Discord. And it was, um, they let you have it. Yeah, they let me have it. Uh, they did not like my receiver list <laughs> at all. We'll get to that in a second. Um, all right. Greg from Atlanta says, Zach and company enjoying the show as always. Thank you, Greg from Atlanta. I've been meaning to reach out. And it hit me today when you opened with the Gus audio from his presser instead of the line from KJ at Media Days. Yeah, we changed it up for yesterday, for sure. I know you have been playing it for a while, but it just recently hit me how much a dear friend of mine would have loved that line about put me in the parking lot with bears. In 2014, one of my closest friends lost his battle with cancer, and he was a big Auburn fan. He and I would tailgate a lot together, and we made quite a few road trips in our younger days. Mark had the kind of personality that he would have loved KJ's passion for the game, and that comes out in that quote. So every time I listened and heard that line, it made me smile and think of my friends. So for that, I say thank you for using that as part of your show. I know you won't use it forever, but I hope it comes back before football season is over. Keep up the good work, War Eagle. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm glad. Yeah, that's, that's cool how, I don't know, that kind of thing works out. So thank you for that, Greg. That's pretty neat. Um. All right, Jamie says... Please, in all caps, make Jaws defend the awful, 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 in all caps, list he sent in the Discord. Best Auburn wide receivers in recent history. I need him to explain his reasoning here. P.S. Love you, Jaws, even though you have awful takes. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, First of all, love you too. Second of all, um, whenever I saw it in the Discord and I was just kind of skimming it, I saw that it was like, oh, best receivers since 2013. Yeah, he says here in recent history. And I was was like, I saw somebody's list and I was like, okay, I'll just rank his, the, the players that he put on his list, like, 
in my order. Looking back on it now, I'd probably change a few things. I'd probably drop Ricardo Lewis. Well, what, what was your list that you posted in the Discord? This was the list that I posted. And, and, and real quick, sorry to cut you off. If you want to join the Discord, we're having a lot of fun in there. A lot of Auburn fans. It's very civil. Uh, check it out. Click the link in the episode description, and uh, it'll, it'll take you there. It's a good time as long as you, long as you don't have a wrong opinion. Uh, that, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So my list, Duke Williams, Darius Slayton, Sammy Coates, Ricardo Lewis, Ryan Davis, and then Seth Williams. And then I had Eli Stove and Anthony Schwartz underneath them, but I think everybody's big problem was the fact that I had Seth Williams so low on the list. Uh-huh. And I, w- let me just take a second to def- like defend myself and just kind of like give my reasoning here. Whenever I look at these players, and I think Auburn receivers, I'm talk- whenever I was ranking these guys so like just real quick, I was thinking like, okay, let's get the best receivers that Auburn has had, ever had. Not statistically since 2013, but the best receivers, the best NFL-ready guys, the best whenever you saw them on the field, you're like, that dude is a beast. Right. So Duke Williams, I don't really feel like I have to explain that one. Dude was just a physical freak of nature. Yeah, he just punched a dude. He just punched a dude, and yeah. you know, that's how his career ended. I hate right. it for him. Darius Slayton, obviously an NFL receiver, would have loved to see him stay one more year. Do you think we look higher on Slayton now because how he's been in the NFL? I always liked him. Whenever he was here, that's pro- that's probably true. I always liked him whenever he was here, though. Um, that's that's just me. Okay. Sammy Coates at three didn't play his senior year at Auburn. And I think he proved to be NFL ready as well. Had it not been for injuries, dude, I think was just a, also just a physical freak of nature. Um, you disagree with me a little bit on Sammy, but I, I I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had his moments. We were like, oh, my goodness, he is incredible. Then you'd have his moments where it's like, why didn't you catch that? So, I mean, he was very up and down. Seth Williams lo- 2.0. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these guys are up and down for sure. Ricardo Lewis, thinking back on it now, I'd probably put Ryan Davis and Seth Williams over Lewis, just looking at what Lewis did in his two or three years at Auburn. He was not statistically impressive yeah by any stretch Longtime listeners of the show know that i am obnoxiously high on ryan davis he interned for me for a semester got to know him really well then of course got picked up by the pats and all that i love the way he was used in malzahn's offense and i don't really understand why we haven't seen a guy in that role since then seems like eli stove would be really good in that situation or i mean even a schwartz but they they haven't they've kind of once Ryan left, they took that role out of the offense, which is curious and a total bummer. But I I love Ryan Davis's game, and I think he um, I think he was really really special. So I, I I'm going to put him really high on any kind of Auburn wide receiver list ever, and he's got the stats to back it up. Right. So let me move let me move Ricardo Lewis down to six, put Ryan Davis at four, and Williams at five. But let me explain why. I have Seth Williams so low. Let's let's compare him to Ricardo Lewis, and I understand that the immediate argument would be, well, Ryan Davis was used differently, like you just said. Uh, Lewis prob- or Davis probably didn't have any any pa- passes thrown to him past the first down marker. He never had to get any jump right. jump balls. He wasn't like a uh, put him on a go and just see what happens kind yeah. of guy. Seth Williams is that, but just to look at the numbers from this from this year. The accurate balls that Bo Nix has thrown to Seth Williams. Williams has come down with 66% of those catches. Okay. He has dropped nine passes this, okay. just this season. And we were talking about that in the Discord last night. I'm like, well, Seth Williams has had a serious drop-off from where he was last year. And I don't know if that's Bo. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know what to attribute that to. But I've just never liked Williams 
because he hasn't been a consistent receiver. Mm -hmm. Compare him to Ryan Davis, who in 2018, and those were the only, that was the late, uh, only stats I could pull up from Davis. I couldn't find any others. He caught 91% of the, the passes that Stidham threw to him that were accurate. Mm -hmm. I understand. I understand. Well, easier you know, to catch passes. It's screen passes and little yeah. out routes and stuff like that. But again, if we're talking about best Auburn receivers, if you're good at catching the ball and you lead Auburn in all-time receptions, you are probably good at catching the ball. You're probably good at being a receiver. So I would, I would put Davis over him simply because he was more, he was more consistent and he holds an Auburn record. Now, Williams, if he comes back for his senior year, then we are having a completely different discussion because he may or may not break Beasley's all-time yards record. But, you know, I just feel like it's reasonable to put these guys ahead of him because of what they, they meant to the program and then what they meant after. And I just don't see Seth Williams as an NFL receiver right now. Now, I could be completely wrong two or three years down the road, and this list just looks horrible, but, you know. I thought it was kind of reasonable in just like a split second, me just kind of putting this little list together. Yeah, he's got the body, right? Seth obviously has the body that the NFL scouts are really, really going to like. It's right. just, can he put it all together? And when you see glimpses of it, and you're just like, oh my gosh, how do you defend that? And, you know, uh, and just sometimes when the effort's there, I mean, even his blocking is awesome. It's, right. just, it's just kind of been hit or miss. And like a lot of these receivers that you just listed, um, Ryan Davis is the most consistent out of all of those. And to me, it's not close. So, well, um, and then Duke. Duke was pretty consistent when he was on the field. Just, once again, he punched a dude. All right, let's go to some of the Discord questions next, right here on Locked On Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, Jaws, once again, if you want to join this, it'll be in the episode description below. All right, Tyler asks, could Bo Nix's job be in jeopardy if D. Davis does indeed sign with Auburn? Or will the sudden pressure of having a decent backup push him to improve his game? I think Bo Nix's job is safe regardless of who steps on campus. Um, yeah, I, and I, I'm not sold. Like, if Grant Lloyd comes back, I'm not sold that D. Davis would even be the backup. Right. So Not next year. Yeah. Not next year. Nix, Nix isn't going anywhere. If Malzahn leaves, Nix still isn't going anywhere. Right. I think he's going to be the starter for the next four or five years, and there's nothing we can do except wait if he doesn't improve. Yeah, and I think he will. I don't. I don't think he's the issue. I I, I, I can't prove it, but just watching the game is like I don't think Bo Nix is why the offense stinks. After watching the 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 A and M game and watching that run he made, Nick Marshall, I don't think could have gotten out of that tackle. Yeah, it's it's a different kind of run. It's, it's a, a different, different kind, kind of, of run. run. Yeah. I think uh, I wish I wish Auburn ran the ball more with Bo, and you saw it a little bit down the stretch with A and M, and right. then they just didn't get the ball back. And there was when they did, it was the you know out of reach. Just but. to clarify, I'm not saying that Bo Nix is Nick Marshall. I'm just saying that I don't think Nick Marshall was physically would be physically capable to get out of that tackle. Now I would also say that Nix is definitely does not have the the speed that Marshall did or the elusiveness. Well, I mean, or I, I can't or say the that. It, or the it factor, like the it factor. 
Um, but, you know, I think Knicks will improve if we can get him an offensive line. And I think somebody has to teach this kid some mechanics. Somebody has got to get, get with this kid and, and talk to him about his throwing, like his throwing lane, like whenever he... The pass to Eli, where Eli was wide open for a right. touchdown. He's like jumping backwards, throwing off his back foot in the air. You can't fade away from that throw. You have to step into it, and he's got the Sean White problem. Well, it's, just... it's, it's kind of amazing that he overthrew him by doing that. That is impressive. I though. mean, he's got the arm. T- his natural arm talent is ridiculous. Right. It's just he needs to clean it up, and hopefully he can do that. Um, do you have anything else on that? No, if you miss Sean White, please text the show. I just want to talk about how awesome Sean White was. I love Sean White. I miss Sean White. Um, this is a good one. B Draw ninety eight says with Manning, uh, Tayshawn Manning, Keandre Jones, and Brandon Council coming back next year, presumably, who gets the starting guard spots? I like this question. So starting the season, it was Tayshawn Manning and Brandon Council. Once again, this is a Brandon Council podcast. But I think that something that's interesting is the discussion about putting Council at center. Um, hmm. He took snaps at center in the, uh, over the course of you know the, the you know, fall camp. That would be fun to see all three of them. But if it's just those two and, and it's still Brahms at center, I think it's the guys that started the season this year. I think it's Tayshaun Manning and Brandon Council because they already won the jobs. I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy that. Some, Auburn, yep. Somebody said, like, italicized, Sawyer Pate. Love that. <laughs> yeah, like the question from Jamie on here was <laughs> Sawyer Pate. Um, Auburn Banker says, who are the underclassmen to possibly leave for the draft after next season? So you got to think of guys that are eligible. So this would be like their second year playing this year. Right. Colby Wooden's the best one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the corners. Is is Simpson a sophomore? He, he may be a redshirt freshman. I may be wrong on that one. I think Jalen Simpson's a redshirt freshman. Academically, he's a sophomore. So that's one. Does he get a bigger role next year when McCreary leaves? Like, that would make sense. That's a good one. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of all that's coming to mind right now. Yeah, I can't really think of anybody else unless... Uh... You know, wait, never mind. Sorry, Pegues is not eligible. No, but he has tons of fun. I'd love to see him in the NFL. Um, Lucas asks, who is y'all's favorite obscure Auburn football player? Mine is Melvin Ray. Always felt like he made super impressive catches, but didn't get the ball very much. Um, I love Will Herring. Will Herring was one of my favorite players growing up. He's obscure now, but he wasn't then. I loved, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting because all the obscure guys we like talk about more. Right. Like, does the average fan like love Brandon Council? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but this is a Brandon Council podcast. I don't know if he's necessarily um, irrelevant, but I like Trey Smith. Always yeah. like Trey Smith. Right. Uh, I don't, Hastings isn't irrelevant, but I liked him. Yeah. I enjoyed him. It was just cool to see him walk on kicker, you know, play so well at receiver. Right. And then there's a handful of guys that I got to know, per, like Jeff Whitaker, big time recruit, then just injuries kept, you know, hindering his career. But like, I love Jeffrey Whitaker. Like, he is one of the best dudes on this planet. So I'll, uh, I'll put him out there too. Uh, all right. Sawyer Strickland. This may be one of our last questions. Sawyer Strickland asking the question that we really all need to be ask ourselves. Is it actually measurable how natural 
of a uh, wide receiver Kobe Hudson is. And uh, I don't think it is possible. Now that I w- I'm reconsidering it, I think I may need to change my receiver list. If we're, if we're taking H- Kobe Hudson into consideration, we're talking about the best receivers. I mean, it doesn't get better, better than natural wide receiver Kobe Hudson. I mean, well, I mean, if you're making a list of natural wide receivers, Kobe Hudson's definitely number one. I think we got to put him at the top. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Auburn Banker also asks, a whole team of Kobe Hudson's or a whole team of Brandon Council? Which oh, team wins? Gracious, man. That is like a heavyweight matchup. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm think I'm. I think I'm going to take Hudson simply because he's just so natural. Yeah, I mean, if he's a natural wide receiver while playing quarterback in high school, what else is he a natural at? He's like your favorite protein bar. Yeah, that's it. He's like a built bar. Exactly. Exactly. Kobe Hudson's the built bar of Auburn. <laughs> Jaws, where can people find you, buddy? Follow me on Twitter at Intern Jaws. <laughs> I keep forgetting that you changed it. That's awesome. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Auburn Podcast. And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. Um, no, Instagram's Auburn Podcast. Twitter is locked on Auburn. I say this every day and I still mess it up. Also, check out our Discord in the show's episode description. We'll be back tomorrow with a uh, Ferg Friday right here on Locked On Auburn. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.